Welcome to Half My Age, a weekly show in which a 25-year-old adult and a 50-year-old child help each other make sense of the world. Okay, we're back. Huh. What, what, what goon uh, overestimated our recording time by an hour? <laughs> I know, now I'm going to have to cut that? out 20 minutes of us talking about should we end it and all that. <laughs> all right, let's start again. Cut it out. No one will ever hear that. It will be gone. I don't even know. Um, so you got, a, you got a couple things you want to talk about. Why don't you hit me with one? Pick your favorite. Well, Andrew... You know the trope, okay, I got to pull this up a little bit because I got to be a little bit smarter about it, and I've done some research on this. Can you, can you send me the actual link instead of a screenshot? Because I need to click on some of these, um, some of these links to figure out, I, I assume they're yeah. movies. I have no idea what they are. Yeah, sure. You know what would be hold funny? On, on. What? If we were recording an Evergreen episode or something, yeah. or, or every you know third or fourth episode, yeah. if we had a No Computers episode where we just had to like... Oh, remember things from our brain? Remember things from your brain and just have a conversation where we look at each other. Oh. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> I don't know what I just did. Oh, that's this. actually the name of the page. Yeah. I mean, it's a Wikipedia page, Andrew. On the internet science All right, page. well, I have... Yeah, I have something that's been on my brain lately... But it came from a funny place, which isn't funny at all. The other night on Saturday night, I heard a wonderful, wonderful vocal jazz concert. And I heard this song, Miss Otis Regrets. Do you know that song? You probably don't. I don't know it. Um, look it up real quick. Miss Otis Regrets. It's a song that has been covered by everybody from Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, Bette Midler. Oh, gosh. Linda Ronstadt and, and, and men. And there's, oh, my gosh, there's so many cool versions of it that I went on Sunday morning after seeing this very cool jazz concert where I felt Gregory Porter is the singer. For sure, look him up. It, you just felt transported in time. It, he has a flawless voice. He's a wonderful stage presence. He was playing with the symphony orchestra. It was, it was exquisite. But he sang Miss Otis Regrets. And I have never heard that song without crying. I'm not even sure why. Have you looked it up? Are you looking at it? Yeah, I'm what looking at it right now. What are you learning about Regrets? I don't know what She's to do. She's unable to lunch today. I'm just going to play it. Oh, yeah, play a little bit of it. Which one is this? Who's this? That's loud. Um, it's it? Ella Fitzgerald. Yep, that's good. That's the best. That's maybe the best. Look it up. Yeah, I've never heard that song. It is a narrative. It tells a story. Gregory Porter, when he introduced it, said, I've always thought this song should be a movie. And... Okay, Miss Otis, I believe the narrative is, and I love the subtle way that Miss Otis regrets she's unable to lunch today, madam, because what had happened is last night she was murdered. She was killed. She was strung up in front of, in the public square, and it's a bit murky. At one point um, last evening into Lover's Lane, she strayed, and then she goes to the man who had led her so far astray, and she from under her velvet gown, she drew a gun and shot her lover down. She ends up in jail. The mob comes, drags her far away, and, like, hmm. hangs her. Good Lord. I know. Miss Otis has really got a lot going on. And it is so subtle, and you don't really know. I have nothing to fill in the story. In fact, I went and looked it up a little bit, and it's possible it was written as a, as a spoof. Like, it's actually satirical, but it doesn't matter. It's never played that way. Very rarely. 
So on Sunday morning, I listened over and over to, uh, like, lots of different versions of Miss Otis Regrets. It is so interesting to me throughout history. It's interesting that it speaks to people the way it does, that it speaks to me the way it does. And I got into this seriously maudlin mood on Sunday because the truth is, Miss Otis, how whatever's gone on with her, she is a woman scored, scorned. She is a woman that something... Mm, has not gone right for her, and she meets her terrible fate, which then leads me to all of. She the women. meets her terrible fate. She brings it upon herself. She went and killed her, killed the, killed the guy who led her. He astray. probably messed her over first, is what I'm saying, Andrew. She doesn't. <laughs> she seems like a reasonable person. She's saying, "Madam, I'm sorry, Miss Otis regrets." She's she sounds. She sounds a little kind of crazy. Okay. Fuck you. That's my point. Women in literature who are kooky, who Ooh. maybe stray from the outside the lines, never meet a good end. W- women who kill their their lovers okay, I know. never meet a good end. This is a dark version of it, and I didn't <laughs> I understand what you're saying. But okay, Anna Karenina doesn't end well. Freaking Marie Bovary doesn't end well. You cannot stray from your husband or you, you, men in literature, we know it's a trope. Men in literature get to do whatever the hell they want. Women, if they are unfaithful, A, have to die by train track or arsenic. Women who are kooky, they don't come to good ends. Then it brings us to this trope. This is what I've gotten a little bit salty about in the past one week, Andrew. Manic pixie dream girl. Look that up. Mm-hmm. I looked Wikipedia it up. Do, do you want me like, to read the... Um, if you want. Yeah, that would be delightful. Regale us. Andrew. Manic Pixie Dream Girl, MPDG for short, mm. is a stock character type in films. No, 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 no. No, that's important right there. Film critic Nathan Rabin coined the term after observing Kirsten Dunst's Okay, character in Elizabeth. Now it's getting silly. I drank a little champagne. Kirsten Dunst's <laughs> character in Elizabethtown. It's that that name for it is only from 2005, which is important to me because this is a stock character, a foil character, since it's a mentor character really since the beginning of time, which I talk about in my book. But 2005, Nathan Rabin coined the term "manic pixie dream girl." Carry on. Exists solely in the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer-directors to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace life and its infinite mysteries and adventures. MPDGs are said to help their men without pursuing their own happiness, and such characters never grow up. Thus, their men never grow up. Okay, so lately I have been realizing in a way that I've I have been aware since my 20s that that is me, that that is a character I play in many people's lives, men and women. I'm a kind of predatory friend sometimes. I will come and knock on your door and say, come out and play. Don't, I mean, to women and men, right? Come out and play, come out and play. I am definitely there often in the lives of lots of people to be a breath of fresh air, to be this silly little thing who doesn't care about money, right? It's unlikely that I would ever buy a home, which I'm doing now, because I've been this character, and I have embraced it. That's we're foils. We're, we're at odds. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm perpetually making people grow up, and you're trying to, to keep them young. Oh, that's funny. That's weird. That's maybe the only way it works, because here's what had happened was. What had happened was. I know that I play this role in people's life and I have always kind of embraced it. I know that. That's what I do. I'm an instigator. I will come and make you have fun and make you go out and play. After listening to a Sunday morning full of Miss Otis, somehow, I understand that's a circuitous journey to make. But it came to this moment, Andrew, my therapist is very interested in it, where I went, how does she grow up? What? Ha- I'm tired of being, I'm not your manic pixie dream girl. Now look that up. Look that up in your Wikipedia bar. 
Um, I'm Not Your Manic Pixie Dream Girl is a young adult novel written recently. It's a young adult novel, which is a funny little genre that I have mixed feelings about as an English teacher. But there's some goofy book. I haven't read it. It's a young adult novel, but that's the title of it. And I kind of, like, Sunday got sort of, Saturday into Sunday got kind of angry, like, I am nobody's manic pixie dream girl because that story doesn't end well for the woman. And then I started wondering, what? Because she's not a full character. She does. She's the mentor. She she leads along the way, and it's not about her. I want to be the protagonist of my own life, Andrew. That's what I'm coming to. And I we don't know in literature, in film, in the Western canon, we don't have a lot of examples of how it goes well to age in how does a manic pixie dream girl age? I'm going to figure it out. We're going to write that story right here, right now. (laughs) It's okay to be manic. It's okay to be pixie. It's okay to be a girl. I don't think I want to be anybody's dream girl. I'm not here to, you know what I mean? I'm not here to, there, I got so kind of angry about it. You're not feeling it. Is there, uh, so that that's one of those things, things you can do things about, uh, things you can't do things about, things you, what, what are you going to do about it? How, how, how? Not be somebody else's manic pixie dream girl anymore. And how, how do you not be that? I just be aware of like, why would I bake you banana bread? <laughs> why I would, it's, it goes along with the love languages of gifts. I don't know, not give myself away all the time. I think there's a habit of that. Um, uh, who's going to be my manic pixie dream girl? How about letting somebody else bring the color into my life? I have brought the color into everybody's life. So you see, you see the manic pixie dream girl thing is a burden. It's becoming a burden. That's my point. I have always embraced it and loved it and, and known that's exactly who I am. Let me come in and out of your life and make a difference. And suddenly it felt like, you're now, fuck you. You're now finding who you are a burden. <laughs> What's that? Right? You're now, you're now finding who you are. You said, I've always known that I'm that person and uh, I've kind of enjoyed it, and yet you now find it a burden. What does that mean? There's probably some... I'm glad your therapist is listening to this now because she can help us out with the science of this all. Uh-huh. But she was very interested in it, by the way. I bet she was. Mm, okay. What Are kind, you what kind of good probing questions did she ask about it? Not as many as you're asking because she kind of got it. Well, she's smarter than me. Well, uh, she's a therapist. Um, the questions that she asked about it, like, okay, well, she always asks things like, um, let's investigate that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, why Why are you angry? Why does that make you angry? She got it, though. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, that is a very circuitous route to go from listening to 20 versions of Miss Otis Regrets, which would automatically be a bad idea. Because it's a very brooding, melancholy song. But then to take it from that into being newly, I've always been angry about the women in literature coming to a bad end. I mean, we know it. You know, if you mm-hmm. read the stories by white men in the canon, which I grew up loving and taught, and lo- yeah, there's a little bit of underlying anger always about that. But this was such a funny thing. And by the way, this is the level of anger and <laughs> anger, Andrew, that you understand. I'm not probably actually angry. This is a thing. It's for not. Me to it's think not consuming about. your thoughts yeah. constantly. It's. It's just. A, it's a, in the back. It floats around sometimes. Sometimes it knocks against. You know, the part of the brain that. Uh, yeah. Is focusing on stuff for right now. And it's like a fun thing to be incensed about right now, right? Sure. It's, it's, it's so probably a very a very. I mean, that seems like another great topic for a blog. You could probably find a couple thousand new fans right there just with your manic pixie dream girl manifesto. I mean, and that's what like. That is interesting. My therapist said it, and another couple of friends of mine who are women have said, no, 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 they're right. They said that, like, that's the next thing I want to see you write. What does become of her? Mm -hmm. I don't need 
I don't need to copy someone. Obviously, there is hope for all of us, but it is interesting that perhaps in the Western canon, I'm going to investigate it. What becomes of the women who are strong, who are manic, pixie, <laughs> you know, I mean, who are, uh, what are they? They are lighthearted. They are um, free say- spirits. What <laughs> becomes of them if they don't perish? Can they become their own independent selves and buy a house called the Dollhouse on Shakedown Street and be just fine? Probably we're going to write that chapter. So if we're talking about uh, Miss Otis, yeah, that's um, I, I can tell how she's manic. Uh, what, what about what about her makes her a pixie, or is it just the fact that she's uh, a woman in literature? She's in writing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who meets an unfortunate mm-hmm. end. No, I I don't know. And that's the funny thing. The bones of that song are so bare that you don't know to fill in the story. And I haven't done it. I've done a little bit of digging. What is the deal with this? And like I said, one of those dives led me to, it might just be a joke song. So don't take it too seriously. Could be. Uh, no, my suspicion is that she's a little bit saucy. She's, she's, she's not a conventional woman. The, the, um, the diction of the song, I think that's kind of the juxtaposition I like, is Miss Otis regrets she's unable to, to lunch today. That's so formal. And it several times repeats, Madam, comma. She is sorry to be delayed, but last evening down on Lover's Lane she strayed. That tells me she's Manic Pixie Dream Girl. She's straying down on Lover's Lane. Eh, maybe she's out going out and doing comedy at 11 o'clock at night. Maybe she's a bit of a bad girl. Maybe. You mean maybe? maybe. Like I, I, I think that. I think it'd be dangerous to jump to conclusions in your brain that you are like Miss Otis. I'm not like Miss Otis. I'm not. I'm not. I've never why don't, why don't from be, under my velvet okay, gown. Okay, hold on, hold on. You got manic pixie dream girls, and this is me speaking out of class because I don't actually remember how Sound of Music ends. But you've also got manic pixie dream girls like Julianne. I think that's the one where she does get. She gets the guy in the end. Sound of music there. Okay, so I think there are a, a lot. So, Pardon me? so the the one the one film I recognize on this list, it's kind of embarrassing to say, is Yes Man. Uh, you just said Sound of Music. Okay, I've sent so you two, what we're two. looking at now is the Wikipedia's list of manic pixie dream girls in film from 1938 through 2015. Yes Man. Yes Man. It's a um, it's what? a Jim Carrey film. Oh. And uh, you know, he takes life too seriously or whatever. And yep. the, the the premise of the whole thing is he's gonna say yes to every invitation, every everything for like a mm-hmm. month or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe I did that, um yeah. and I don't I think his manic pixie dream girl, I think they they fall in love in the it end. It ends too. up just fine in I the think, end. I think there's a lot of right. um I, I don't think What I, about Wreck It Ralph? That's on the thing. Have you seen that movie? I haven't seen Maybe it. Maybe it gets better a But I also ages, suspect Andrew. that's like a Disney movie, so it's not going to end poorly for the Manic Pixie right. Dream Girl. I think you're conflating. I think I think right. Miss Otis and Manic Pixie Dream Girl are two totally different things. They totally are. Miss Otis, I started that admitting that. There is nothing about Miss Otis that it's Manic Pixie Dream Girl. That's more like the Anna Karenina, which is not that. It just brought me to a weird place, which I admitted was a circuitous route to get there. So you're saying, okay, you know what? You, you Maybe. Th- you came into this... Um, being angry that manic manic pixie dream girls always seem to meet an untimely right. end, unseemly end. Uh, but I don't think they do. I think Miss Otis met one. Th- different thing. 
What, right. what I was studying there was women who meet an untimely end, and then it took me somehow to this thing. And also, you know what? Lately, honestly, I have had that relationship with other people where clearly I am the predatory friend. Everybody, it's winter, and they're content to sort of go and into grenade. the hole, and I'm going, come out and play. Let's go do a funny thing. Sure. All right. I I don't think that means that you're about to get your comeuppance, though. I think you're going to be okay. I think you and the dollhouse on Shakedown Street. Well, I are know just, it's going to be a new chapter, but that's I don't kind have. Of upset. You're telling me if I, if that perhaps the problem is that as an AP English teacher, I don't have any um, cultural influences past the age of like 1950, the year of 1950. I haven't read any contemporary literature, or watched any contemporary movies. Yes, man. Oh, and it's Zoe Deschanel. She's a totally adorable. Things will go right for her. What about this other one? What about uh, Wreck It Ralph? I just brought up. That's one of their examples. Um, well, okay. Right. I think about um, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is uh, Jennifer Aniston with uh, the Zoolander guy. What's his name? Ben Affleck. Ben Stiller. Stiller. What's that movie? Along Came Polly? Yeah. Um, no, Along Came Mary. There's two of them. There's something about Mary and Along Came Polly. Is that him also? I don't know. He's the ultimate nebbish who has that. It is, no, but, it is Along Came Polly with Ben yeah. Stiller and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And that guy who Does it go says, well for her uh, in the end? Are you here for a scuba? Uh, yeah, they fall in love. They fall, he's, he, okay. So we talked about me solving problems with spreadsheets. Yeah. He got himself into trouble with Polly because he had built himself a pros cons thing on wow. I think, I think he's a, um, uh, huh. insurance. What do you call those people? Not an adjuster. Yeah. The people who figure out the risks. Actuary. He's an actuary, oh, and that. and he puts all of his uh, you know pros and cons into uh -huh, an actuarial uh -huh, uh -huh. Sure. piece of software to figure out whether it's a good idea for him to go out with someone who's so impulsive. Well, I have to see that show because I asked you if that was possible to do. Oh, so she's an impulsive, but it goes well. For, okay, you're right. Maybe Th that, this is I just think a I think thing. that might be the premise of every rom com. Uh, of course, it is the kooky girl, but then you I was under the impression it doesn't go well for them. That's because they don't watch stupid rom-coms, maybe. They would make you so happy. Instead of feeling like the uh, the person who's going to get uh, killed in the mm. town, lynched in the town square by a mob, like Miss Otis. Would they, though? Uh, I feel like feel I like watched a couple of Hallmark movies when I was on the couch getting divorced a few months ago. I did On the couch getting divorced. That sounds like an operation. <laughs> it's how it felt. <laughs> they put me under. A girlfriend recommended to me that I watch Hallmark Channel. Do, did you like it? Was, no. there, was there good stuff on? I don't even know Have what's on. You I hate daytime TV. Ever. It's all the time TV. It's not TV, Andrew. Oh. I was watching it on the Netflix or whatever. <laughs> No, it's the most formulaic movie. To, I mean, those are formulaic to the point of being hysterical. Yeah. I don't think I like formulaic movies. Maybe I do. I don't know. The truth is I'm very bitter right now. And when things, you know what, might be true. Because the first half of that concert on Saturday night was all the love songs, just like straight up love songs. And um, I was there with another divorced person. And we were both going like, I'm a little too bitter for this shit, right? <laughs> and then when it got dark and Miss Odyssey at the end of the show, I was feeling... <laughs> Maybe I'm just too bitter. Oh, golly. You spent an hour with your therapist who, who tells you that your feelings are valid. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's bullshit. And you wipe it all away. Man Manic Pixie Dream Girls, no they, they've got it all. What? I said Manic Pixie Dream Girls have it all. They always okay. get the guy. We'll see how that goes. But <laughs> it's a good thing because I'm not seeing my therapist for another month, so... So you're gonna you're gonna get the, you? you're gonna get a hard dose of I don't uh, know Andrew 
I guess that's, I feel like we have to destroy this segment because my premise was wrong, but I guess it's interesting and I should go do some more research. Maybe it's not wrong. I'd be, I, I'd be interested on Manic Pixie Dream Girl follow-up. I'd also be right. interested in like, uh, there's there's got to be a list of, um, that, that list on the internet science page. Yeah. I mean, the last post you write was in 2015. It's time for some updates. Time for some updates, but I'm... Now, it's interesting to me that the term was coined in t- 2005 with Elizabethtown. The, the truth is I have seen no modern movies. It's pathetic. Oh, gross. I don't want to sit down and watch some movies. I'll probably do some research on some movies. Being a manic pixie dream girl might not be the... Might not mean you have to come to a good end, which is great news for me. However... Probably the XY problem there, the kernel of the rage, low-key rage, okay. is me saying, I'm not your manic pixie. That's the brown. possessive. I don't want to be anybody's. I want to be the protagonist for a minute. Like I haven't been the protagonist in my own life, whatever. <laughs> a bunch of bad. Okay, well, hey, look, down there it does follow up. There's also a thing about manic pixie dream boy. I see this character in the, um, in general, I see the character as being a mentor type character, which is seriously, that's a flat character. That is a, a foil. That is a character meant to, and I'm seeing it from that point of view in the, in the structure of a story. And I love the mentor character. It's one of the role models of my book, which is you are literally there. The, the mentor character is not there for them. We don't know anything about Mary Poppins past or future or what she's about. She is there to bring Mr. Banks to his truth and save those children. Um, uh, Rafiki, we don't know anything about why he got so crazy, but he's there to help Simba, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and often with a joke and all of that and, and, and a fun, fun, playful way. And I have related to that that character in life. I guess it was kind of this realization of going, hold on a minute. That's a minor character. I want to be a full, well-rounded character. It's all very insane now that I say it out loud. It's it's not that insane. And I think okay. the, the, Thanks, reason, the reason that there's not a... Uh, story about Rafiki. Mm. I mean, there there could be. Yes. The, the fact is that Simba's going to grow up to be Rafiki. At, at certain points in your life, you will play every character. In oh, that. Andrew, that's cute. It's not cute. It's true. <laughs> that's not the structure it, of the story. It's because Simba is point, the protagonist who is doing the hero's journey, and he needs people along the way to help him. You're right. Rafiki, we trust him as an elder who has already been through that crap. That's right. Okay. And I, I think that, gotcha. um, you know, at a certain point, Rafiki had his own Rafiki. He had okay. his own Mary Poppins. I'm 50, though. It's feeling a little weak. I'm supposed... Okay. You, I'm sure. I I'm drop sh- wisdom to young people all the time. <laughs> right. I do. I mean, I do. Now I'm looking for, yeah, my new Rafiki. No, you're right. Of course it is. That is the cycle of life, and it is the wisdom. Those people are not always old, the mentor characters, but they are older than the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Always, I think. I mean, that, that, Bobby I mean, Boo, the god, the fairy godmother is. No, she's old. She is old. That, I mean, that's the trope, right? It, it's yeah. it's a it's a wise elder. It's a wise elder. Okay. I don't. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. The, well, maybe I am everybody's manic pixie dream girl. Then some of it does come from experience. <laughs> god, I really got confused on that. This is a stupid, stupid thing to talk about on a podcast. It's not. Okay. It's not. It doesn't bring too much ruckus. It brings the right amount of ruckus. Okay. I'm more confused about it than I was when we started talking, which is actually um, I think the best sign of a conversation. That's the best thing that could happen. This is the second time this podcast I'm speaking out of class. 
But I think that, you know, at certain moments in your life, you need, uh, mm. you need something to be angry about. Yeah, I sure do. And if you can, if you can put a feeling to some kind of whatever, you know, it, it, fr- frustration just manifests itself. Yeah. And I think um, being a manic pixie dream girl and associating <laughs> that with, you know, subservience and being a supporting yeah. character instead of a main character. I think it's all part of the same thing, which is, you know, sometimes you just got to get a little angry. Uh, that's how it feels, right? A few, a few weeks ago, we were talking about my actual anger processing from divorce class and having to, um, and how I wasn't moving. By the way, I've been walking a lot more in my neighborhood. I've also gained, I think, nine pounds because I'm eating again and food tastes good. Bummer. Nice work. Huh? I said nice work. Gross, man. <laughs> but yeah, right. So you're right. You know what? That's a, that's a pretty nice level of something to be angry about compared to where I was a few months ago, just anger at the world. Yeah, you're right. That's it. And you know, I like to get on a tear about a thing. Sure. I like to, I like to get on a thing. And this was it. This was my like, uh, this is the uh, hill I'm going to die on for the next month to 11 months. Is <laughs> I, I'm not your manic pixie dream girl, but now you've brought me around as you always do to going, well, A, maybe it's not such a bad thing. And B, maybe it's a great thing. And C, probably not worth being angry about. <laughs> Well, and it's it's so much more satisfying to to come up with a, a mantra. I'm not going to be your manic pixie dream girl. Than it is to be uh, frustrated and angry, and I don't know why. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> right. That's true. I'm pretty good at that. It's also maybe. Uh... What if what if what if the rallying cry was I'm generally dissatisfied and I can't explain it. <laughs> As it so often <laughs> is for so many of us, right? Yeah, that's about like being twenty-one years old, mm-hmm. uh, right? I'm so full of angst and I don't know, I don't know the shape of it. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's me looking at that, and it is about the possessive, right? And that's just a that is a knee-jerk reaction to, oh, I'm nobody's anything. I'm gonna live all by myself like a big girl. By the way, watch how that doesn't happen. Do you know what I'm gonna need in the next? Two months as I move on to my big independent thing. Other than a furnace and a jackhammer? Help from everybody, (laughs) including a furnace guy, right? Help from people. I have been, uh, my realtor could not have been better. I I am so thankful. My mortgage guy put, I was put in his hands by my financial guy who cares about me very much. And people said, oh, you got to shop around. You got to shop around your mortgage guys. And I said, nope, the guy who put me in touch with him, I guarantee, I know he made a call in advance, and I, I know he said, take care of this woman. She's an idiot about money. Do not push her to spend more than she needs to spend. I have felt in such good hands the whole way through mm-hmm. that this is funny. This big independent step that I'm taking, it is so obvious on every single minute of my day. Um, yeah, you do, we do nothing alone if we're lucky. However, I can't wait to live alone and play whatever music I want. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. And then invite people over only when I want. I think I'm far enough out of the out of pattern the circle. Yeah, of most people's lives. Do you know about the um, I think the pop-ins are gonna decrease. Do you know about the I don't remember if it's from Seinfeld. It might be from Seinfeld. <laughs> I think every great thing has been in Seinfeld. Yeah, we quote Seinfeld three but to the, five uh, times per show. The the circle where um, you're you're far enough away that people don't just pop in, and yeah. you're not so far away that when they come, they spend multiple nights. I think I'm gonna maybe be in that sweet spot, right? Because it's not so far away that you can't Uber home. It's close enough to some cool things that people might be there for some cool concerts, mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
it's not going to be pop-in, which we've discussed. I have loved my pop-in situation for many years, but it was starting to get oppressive. That's because I was about to get a divorce. But we'll see it's, how it it's goes. It's hard to be popped in on when you're when you're trying to have a good sulk or, that's or whatever. Correct. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. A good sulk is exactly all it was. There was nothing other going on. I was just sulky. Didn't want to be bothered. And then it would be like a three-year-old little girl who wanted to come and sit on my lap. And it always got me out of my sulk. So pop-ins are great. Hey, little girl, go away. I hate you. I'm getting a divorce. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm in a bad mood. Wheezy's in a bad mood. So we'll see. Yeah, and that's really, honestly, it all comes back to that for me, doesn't it? I can be as independent, as truculent as I want and think, I'm not going to be your anything. I'm over. Oh, golly. Watch how What are those? Watch how many people are around me. As what are those person. signs of independence and truculence, like leaving the lights on when, oh, not, yeah. when nobody's in a room? Loading what? the dishwasher, not from the back. <sighs> You rebel. Sometimes I put a plate in the front. Shit, dog. I know, but now watch this house now. I own it. I I bet you I'm going to become a little bit more paranoid about stuff like turning lights off and does that space heater pull too many amps and waste my money? We'll see. I could feel myself becoming like a total worrywart about everything. Hmm. I doubt it. It's not in my nature. Um, Being alone. uh, Running around naked is a good one. Being able to... Yeah, just listen to whatever I want, cook whatever I want at whatever time of night. I said this last week, and it is mostly true. I am most excited to live alone, not because I don't like being around the other people. It's because I don't think they like being around me <laughs> and just not caring. I have a king-size bed to spread out in. That's right. No no what? animals to, to no share it with. animals. And then everybody has been saying that that's a, that's a bed. They, the, the prediction from women friends is that I will get a dog because that bed will feel too big and lonely and I'll want a dog. I don't know, maybe. Or a goat. Chicken. <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a look. I sleep that's, with That's that single lady over there that lives alone and the goat she sleeps in bed her with her. Chicken. Yeah, she walks her chicken up the block on a leash. I know. I could see you being that lady. Chicken on a leash lady. I know. Pick it out, dope. <laughs> Obviously not that far away. The thing is about this, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I, I live next door silly. to a lady who's just as kooky. She's going to find me delightful. There are signs of living next to a kooky old lady who hangs a lot of um, <clears throat> art in her. She's going to get a kick out of me, Andrew. <laughs> there are signs that it's going to be a neighborhood. Well, you know, it's low zoned. I hope I it's hope that right. you guys have complimentary crazies because you I don't want to so you don't want to get your cra- your nope. crazy streams crossed. No, I'm feeling real good about that one. <laughs> feeling real good about the yeah the amount of crazy and leaning into. You know what? She is probably a grown up manic pix- manic pixie dream girl who she could probably coach you through it. She could, she could coach you. me through it. You could I'm be Simba. You could be Simba. You could yeah. be the protagonist of the story. Yeah, and she could coach you through it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's right. Duh. Yeah, duh, obviously. I guess I feel a little bit embarrassed to be Simba at age 50. I guess There's I feel- nothing wrong with being king. <laughs> yeah, just can't wait. I guess I- <laughs> Okay, yeah, all right. That's true. I guess I feel a little bit like I am many times, right? I have this all the time. I, of course I do. I have young people calling me almost every day. I have been um, Rafiki to many along the way. I'm, I'm, I'm new Simba. I'm Simba like- Version two. Oh my God. This is so stupid. <laughs> this is not a good podcast episode, Andrew. I've got a 
piece anything? of trivia for you. Okay. Okay. God. So Manic Pixie Dream Girl, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. Is married to Ben Gibbard. Yeah. Who is a musician for, I think oh. he's in Death Cab for Cutie. Oh. And his label, his record label is the same record label as John Roderick. Yeah, I know. I know. I knew you were going to that's what I know. When you said Death Cab for Cutie. Okay. Also, I have a follow-up. In July 2014, for Salon... Uh, Rabin, the writer, prompted a retraction of the term. He argued that it, that in giving an idea of a fuzzy definition, he inadvertently gave the phrase power it was not intended to have. <laughs> oh my God, this is like, I'm so... Oh my goodness. The unusable radio. The trope's popularity, Rabin suggested, led to discussions of a more precise definition, a reduction of his all-encompassing classification of the manic pixie dream girl. While he coined the term to expose the sexist implications in modern culture, bruh, I'm not wrong, the phrase was increasingly accused of being sexist itself. Backlash occurred when many well-loved female characters were placed under this trope. In response, he suggested that nuanced characters cannot be classified. Oh. He apologized to pop culture for creating this unstoppable monster. Dear pop culture, I'm sorry for creating oh, the term manic pixie well, dream girl. Can you imagine? See, how, do you even, how do you even go about apologizing to pop culture? Where do you send the letter? I have a hundred ideas about how to do that. Nathan <laughs> Rabin, I would like to point out to you, no... Thank you for your heartfelt apology, but on be on, excuse me, on behalf excuse of me, pop culture, Nathan Raven, on behalf of pop culture, love <laughs> pop culture, sincerely yours. But I have to tell you that I don't. I understand he just leashed a thing he didn't mean to. He unleashed a thing he didn't mean to. But I think it's lovely. I think it is a little bit sexist, except that for there you see on the internet science site they turn it right into. There's manic pixie dream boys. One of them mentioned Ben Wyatt, Parks and Rec. Delightful. It all ends up good for Ben Wyatt. It absolutely I have does. really, in conflating that with Ms. Otis, I started the segment with saying that is, a, that is an error in my brain. That is a conflation. That's probably Alzheimer's beginning right here. You saw it here first, where I'm conflating two unrelated things in a way that doesn't make sense. I got into a, I, I got into such a bad, morose place listening to 20 versions of Miss Otis that Ooh. I had to play. I'm not kidding. I was like, okay, okay, put on some Grateful Dead, uh, put on like the, put on the most mindless. Who? Hey, okay, Avett Brothers, bring it. Like I need not mindless in a bad way. Like I need some happy music. Who? Mm -hmm. That was pretty deep. <laughs> I mean, music can change your mood, Andrew. Absolutely. Especially when you listen to the same sad song 20 times in a row. It's so interesting though. Cause right. Like there are like back archive recording on, um, 33 vinyls of like a, a, a doo-wop men's group doing it. It's so interesting that everybody picks up that song. And again, it's a, it's an incomplete narrative. I would never teach that song even as a poem, which you often might with lyric lyrics in a class. I wouldn't teach it cause it's incomplete. I don't actually know what it's about and it's missing too many things and it may in fact be a satire i yeah. do like that kind of stuff um you know you've got you've got musicians songs songs that musicians like to cover yeah. you know where they put their own spin on it yeah. in um you know comedy you've got the aristocrats and in, in magic you've got the cups and balls um i love those those inside kind of um mm -hmm. you know tricks jokes songs whatever uh where 
musicians do it to to impress or please other musicians and to put their own sure. tone give something something known a, a, a new I, a fresh I love, look I love when a lot of people love. do the same thing what's that I said I love when a lot of people do the same yeah. thing in their own way yeah yep I'm about to put a new spin on a house that was built in 1948 it's had some spins what are you gonna how are you gonna spin it you have big plans yeah have you been you've been you've been router shopping? Have you been furniture shopping? A little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna not buy actual like couch and stuff till I get there um, and see how it is. But I don't. It's tiny. <laughs> I have the king size the dollhouse bed on Shakedown Street. Yeah. The, uh, truly. Keyword dollhouse. Huh? I said keyword dollhouse. Uh-huh. Okay. Honestly, a bed is purchased. Desk they're leaving. Table and chairs I'm buying from them. I need a couch and maybe some side tables. And there is no room for any other furniture in that house. I am not kidding. And and now you've decided that there's going to be a goat in the house. It's got to be a yeah. pretty sturdy, hard-wearing couch. It's, yeah, it's going to be a, a couch made out of plastic. There's not going to be a goat. It, it, they eat no, there's going to be two goats, two nanny You goats. have to have two to, to keep each other company. No, there's not going to be a goat. Now, the <laughs> other place that I'm going to be putting furniture is in the garage <laughs> studio outbuilding and that is more interesting to me there's going to be a lot of shelf building going on mm-hmm. some insulating for soundproofing um no i can it is stunning i don't even need curtains on the windows because they all have blinds i am not as you may recall super famous for being great with blinds i break them so that might not be <laughs> a forever solution but no i mean i need a couch and like a chair and a coffee table there's no room for any other. Fr- it's going to be a matter of like rugs. Where do I hang my artwork? And then 100%, where do I put my paintbrushes and how do I organize my office supplies and my paperwork and my bills? Yeah, you're going to have to get yourself a file cabinet. I know. It's on my list. I don't actually have a filing cabinet. But then it's stuff like this. Vacuum, snow shovel, rake. Metal chicken, we've talked about that. Um, I mean, there are things that one needs. But no, 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 no uh, within, I, yeah, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be much more settled. Uh, righty. I feel like that's enough. And we I've, got a little silly. I can't talk very well because of the champagne. I think. I, there, there, were, there were definitely <laughs> moments of silliness. And the first one was trying to end the podcast an hour early. I oh, hope no, that stays that's in. cut out. That didn't happen. <laughs> Maybe it did. <laughs> I go finally. God, can we just call it? Oh, we've been talking too long. It felt like two hours, and it was one. Wow. That I gotta tell you, when you get bored with your own material, it does not bode well for how your audience is going to receive it. I know that for a fact from performing, <laughs> bruh. If well, you're bored yourself, it's I, not good. Mrs. Philholm, I was engaged the whole time. <laughs> It was I who got bored with my own story. That's right. Also, is- then what we talked about was stupid. Manic Pixie Dream Girl didn't even make sense. Not because of the champagne. I you brought me around to it, Andrew. You helped me make sense of it. And you said it wasn't boring. Nope, not even a little. <laughs> well, there, ruckus brought. <laughs> ruckus brought. Goodbye, Mrs. Okay, Bell. goodbye. See you next time at the new house. Dollhouse on Shakedown Street. Ow, ow. Thank you.